0: The Opinion Line on
1: Cork's 96FM.
0: It um Stuart Clark from Hot Press uh, Magazine. Stuart, you're here to talk about a new book that you guys have brought out about Dolores O'Riordan and the Cranberries.
1: I am indeed. Why Can't We? Which was our, our lockdown project and a real labour of love.
0: So tell us, what makes this book different?
1: Well, I suppose for once in my life I was in the right place at the right time. <laughs> I was a, a couple of a club DJ and uh, journalist in Limerick in the uh, late 80s, when four very hairy blokes started a band called Cranberry And Then the hairiest one of the singer left. And I thought that was it. And my girlfriend at the time at Laurel Hill School said, uh, one of the girls in my year, uh, Dolores, is going to try out for those, those guys you know. And I said, well, is she any good? Well, she has a great Ave Maria. In the school choir, but I don't think she's done a, a rock and roll gig or been to one in her life. So I thought that was it. Uh, and history has shown us otherwise.
0: And did you know when they started out that they were destined for big things? Could you see it even back then?
1: Was it the Beatles in the cavern when I saw them supporting they do it the mirrors in the Cruises Hotel? I'll be honest, no, because Dolores was, the first time she ever sort of appeared at a rock gig, was so, so nervous. Mm. She was staring at the floor, the ceiling, the drummer, anything but the crowd. And because she was so nervous, her voice was going in and out of tune. Now, I must admit, there are moments you thought that there's something there. But a wiser man than me with a better pair of ears, Pierce Gilmore, who owned a local studio called Zeric. Uh, they'd just done their leaving certs, and he put them on a wage for, for the summer, more like pocket money, and they rehearsed in the morning and, and recorded in the afternoon. And we were invited up in September, three of us. Uh, it was myself, a chap from Limerick Leader, and, and the future ju- uh, um, uh, novelist, uh, Kevin Barry. And we were in the studio. She came out. She transformed. She looked really kind of sharp, went mm-hmm. and linked in and went straight into Linga. The first song she ever wrote actually was Linga and the second Dreams. So in about half an hour, they played half of the debut album. And that's when the hairs on the back of my neck stood up. I knew something then was was very special about them.
0: Yeah, that album was just absolutely phenomenal. And it still sounds as fresh today as it did back then. And I think like with her voice, it was so different and it was so unique. And it really just stood out at the time.
1: I think what made it special for me was it, it was such a, a great teenage album. You know, it took me back. I'm an old man, mm-hmm. but it took me back to when I was 13 at the rugby club disco in Seven Oaks, kissing Ruth Marshall. That, that line, I'm just a fool for you. We've all done that. We've all been a fool for somebody, not only in our youth. So it really encapsulated what it was like to be sort of going through those teenage angsty years, but beautiful melodies. And she just had this, She she never thought of herself as Bob Dylan. But she had this real amazing way of taking very complex human emotions and expressing them quite simply. And I think that's why people bought into Dolores and the Cranberries, because they could they could place themselves into that song. They could relate to it. Uh, And that's a real gift
0: and the the book Why Can't We um, it includes interviews with the Cranberries and there's also you also got help with the remaining members of of the group but it also looks at her solo musical um, exploits as well doesn't it
1: It it, it literally starts with those first early reviews in the Limerick Tribune and Radio Limerick 95 uh, and goes through to her very tragic death along the way. Now, we we tell it chronologically through the pages of Hot Press because it's an interesting arc, and you see she was a wonderful interviewee. I mean, I think she was offered media training, and she said no. She Mm. had her own opinions on everything, and she expressed them. And didn't mind if they caused controversy, but you can see that arc of you know the the kid in the sweet shop. Suddenly you're in Los Angeles shooting a video for Linga. You've never been out of Europe before, and the director says, "My friend Michael's going to pop in later." And you're going, "Lovely, I'll, I'll I'll meet Michael." Michael turns out to be Michael Stipe. <laughs> um, the next day you're, you're touring with, with Duran. Duran, you know, three years ago, Simon Le was on your wall in your bedroom now he's standing in front of you and and Simon did a, a beautiful interview for us he was extremely fond of Dolores they became best mates to a degree he was the elder brother but when he had some personal problems he, he didn't elaborate it was Dolores who gave him the, the kick up the backside and also the shoulder to cry on. And he tells this wonderful story. Um, I don't know, the, the, the level of fame she was at, she was invited along with Simon to duet on Linga when Pavarotti had a concert for the children of Bosnia in Modena. Uh, she does her song quite brilliantly. Afterwards, Princess Diana is there uh, in the corner. Mm. Everyone's too frightened to go and talk to her. Apart from who? Dolores O'Rean. Up she goes. How are you? I'm Dolores. They're giggling away. Apparently, she says to, to Diana, let's go to the Jacks for a chat. And Diana <laughs> goes, I, I, I'd love to break my 16-person security detail. And, and Noel from the band was saying, wherever you were, you'd you just lose sight of Dora. She was like a cat. She'd be roaming everywhere. She'd be in the middle of one social group. They should pop up somewhere else. And, and she treated Princess Diana the same way she would have done a fan or a hairstylist or a ticket inspector. She just liked people, was really genuine with them.
0: There's a lovely quote in the book from Michael Stipe, and I suppose it just kind of sums up the way she, uh, her attitude and the way she approached things in life. And it was that uh, she had that, if I'm going to fall on my face, it's fine. I'm just going to get right back up and do it again. Um, And that was her attitude to everything.
1: Yeah, just give it a whirl. And you know, it's easy to forget just how famous she and the band were. I mean, she sang for not one but two popes. Uh, She guest presented on Saturday Night Live with George Clooney. Mm. Uh, She had the King of Norway bopping in front of her at the Nobel Peace Prize ceremony, uh, cover of the Rolling Stone, um, touring with the Rolling Stones, playing in the San Siro, 80,000 people, and and ticking off Ronnie Wood, who who wolf-whistled her as she walked past. And apparently she literally turned around and said, you dirty old man, went up and started waggling her finger. And then, of course, laughing. Now, the thing is, she was from County Limerick. She was a country girl, but she was smart. She had elder brothers, a big gang of them. So she was well able to tick off errant rock musicians and indeed errant rock journalists. I I asked one or two (laughs) cheeky questions on occasion. And she would wiggle that finger and give me the look as if to say, you you stop it right
0: now or
1: you're in trouble. Mm. But there was always a a, a glint in the eye.
0: And Stuart, it's not all the highs of the Cranberries that's documented in this book. And indeed, Noel of the Cranberries has said that um, I think fans are going to really relish reliving all of the highs as well as the sadness and the pain. And there was a lot of sadness and pain in her life
1: that There really was. Um, it, it was interesting because she said sort of things to me that, you know, there, there was alarms going off. And it was only when she revealed she had been uh, abused um, by a family acquaintance that it all sort of fell into place. And she did have that time. She was such a homebody. She just adored her family. Mm. And, and funnily enough, I, I asked her once, what's your greatest achievement? And without thinking, she said, my children. And that really was her. She was a mum first and foremost. But, you know, the level of fame she had, But because she was talking about human emotions, fans didn't just want uh, an autograph. They wanted to talk to her. Mm -hmm. They wanted to share their experience, have a hug and a little cry sometimes. Uh, and, And that was difficult. If you're the boy in the band, you can just head out, go to the corner of the pub and have a night out. Dolores was so famous, she couldn't do that. And she was for a period of time... Trapped in her hotel room, um, nothing will make her death okay. But I, I did have a gorgeous conversation, a, a difficult conversation though, with her boyfriend Oleg Koretsky, a, a lovely gentleman who is still grieving his 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 you know partner, his true love. And he was talking about you know they were spending half their time in Limerick. He, he loved her family, and the other half in, in in New York, and there New York's no respecter of celebrity. So you could pop into the 7-eleven to to buy your groceries you go for a pizza you go for a pint you go to a gig so she had something approaching a normal life again in new york musically she was on a roll i mean Noel just couldn't keep up with her he was saying it's like the early days of the cranberries and indeed that last cranberries album in the end it's a perfect bookend to the debut record they went back to working in a similar fashion But it's such a good record. And, of course, it got a Grammy nomination, which was something she never had when she was alive. And it it wasn't a token nomination. This was a a great record. I also spoke to uh, Eileen and her mother, who, Mm -hmm. I tell you, is a force of nature. You can see where her daughter got it from. And she was saying that what has made it a little little easier for her is Miley Cyrus covering Zombie, Mm -hmm. those 36 amazing... Irish Women in Harmony choosing of all the songs in the world to do dreams mm. and, and she feels that you know Dolores is kind of alive still because her music's being played on, on 96 FM it's being played on MTV those songs will be played in 40 years time That they, they, they've become standards
0: and indeed Eileen has given a, I think it's a fabulous endorsement for this book Stuart she has said that um, you know that I think that Dolores herself would have been delighted with it
1: I, I think so. I mean, you know, Dolores herself loved the fact the band was staying relevant. I remember talking to her shortly after Eminem didn't just sample, but basically covered the whole of Zombie and she was made up because she liked Eminem. She thought he was a bit potty mouthed and a bit naughty, but she she saw a good person in there. You know, she, she wasn't judgmental. The one thing as well, I have to say that you might not get, you know, entirely from her music was that she was the crack. Mm. She was just, funny and uh, when I meet the lads which I did quite a bit doing the book at first it's a wee bit somber because they're still grieving too it's it's their sister basically they've lost Mm. but after five or six minutes the stories start coming out and you just start giggling and by the end of it you're laughing and that's a lovely sort of way to, to remember Dolores just being mischievous and feisty. What she learned to do quite early on in her career which was very important was say no and she would put her foot down. She wouldn't do stuff she wasn't comfortable with. And she had great artistic integrity.
0: And uh, this book, um, the Why Can't We?, it uh, contains um, original interviews with Dolores, dozens of never-before-seen f- pictures, exclusive memorabilia. So where can people get the book, Stuart?
1: Well, The Modern Way, we're doing it on hotpress.com. Just log on and, and click through to the shop. If you happen to be in Limerick, O'Mani's, and if you're in Dublin at uh, Books, but we've been doing it through HotPress.com. Literally, as I came into the studio here to talk to you, I, I tripped over a pallet of books going to Mexico, wow. and that really shows you just how global the appeal was. That they were truly a, a a universal band.
0: Fantastic, Stuart Clark from Hot Press magazine. Best to look with the book, and thank you very much for joining us on the Opinion Line this morning. And as
1: ninety six FM.